0: What's up guys this is box office brunch we're your hosts i'm rita
1: and i'm david
0: and we're coming at you with another episode not the adjustment bureau
1: (laughs) yeah sorry i know what you all are thinking wasn't this supposed to be the adjustment bureau that movie i've never heard of that i was really excited to hear about
0: no it's not (laughs) it's not we're watching blade runner blade runner yeah
1: so actually what happened with the adjustment bureau even though i really liked that movie and rita was actually surprised and did like it I believe right yeah we just weren't in the right headspace or something we were just not engaged recording that I wasn't feeling well that day I think Rita wasn't feeling well that day either and so it just it was coming across in the podcast and
0: we were boring
1: we were boring we were all (laughs) over the place we were a hot fucking mess and it just it wasn't a good episode and we didn't really feel good about putting Um,
0: shit out there yeah exactly
1: so maybe we'll try re-recording it someday and maybe it'll be a bonus episode or something down the line but for the time being we're just not going to put that stuff out
0: yeah so on the wheel at the end of adjustment bureau we got blade runner which was a david choice yes so we have watched that and decided to discuss that we got croissants today yeah we went to this place called la Follette, which is a french bakery here in denver uh, I had an almond croissant
1: and I got a chocolate croissant and then I got creme brulee as well because I had only had it once and I think it either wasn't right or it wasn't a classic version and I was like I, so I don't think I've ever actually had real creme brulee and I got it today and I really liked it it's very rich we've redeemed
0: I could... creme brulee for you <laughs> yes you've saved it <laughs> and we're also just we've had a couple of weeks off from recording so we did not get mimosa stuff because we're fucking lame but amanda did email us a couple recipes so yeah and thank you amanda we'll be using those yeah we're gonna try those
1: out at some point for sure
0: but anyways grab whatever you you want grab your shit as
1: (laughs) as we said in the the adjustment bureau get your shit and sit down get your
0: shit and sit down you know the deal you know the drill (laughs) yeah all right here we go let's go I wouldn't joke about anything else that I would Okay, so disclaimer here. I did fall asleep three times because I was really tired and so I... It's been
1: a long week, yeah. I it, watched got a lot going on, yeah, Rita's starting school this week, yeah, for my super master's. exciting, but also wrestling with financial aid and stuff is just a fucking nightmare.
0: it is, you know, but I got my books today. We're good. but, yeah. ultimately, I was just exhausted. And so
1: basically, Rita finds all of the movies that <laughs> are on my list very boring and she tends to fall asleep during them or have a really hard time getting through them for some reason or another
0: I fell asleep during the matrix I fell asleep during the adjustment bureau and I fell asleep three times during blade runner so I had to do one round where I was like I know I'm gonna fall asleep so I'll just take a nap and I'll put it on in the background and listen and my husband was like What do you mean you're going to listen? You're going to be sleeping. And I was like, I'm going to have it on the background. Just like, listen.
1: You're like, like, I'm just resting my eyes. I'm not asleep.
0: (laughs) And then I like woke up at like 1130 and put it back on from the beginning. And he was like, I just watched it. Like, why do we have to watch it again? I was like, because I didn't have my eyes open. (laughs) And then I fell asleep again, and then 3 Like I need
1: to listen to it one time, and then I'll watch it with my eyes open the second time, and then the third time, I'm really going to pay attention. Exactly.
0: <laughs> like, that's that's kind of what happened, yeah. essentially. So bits are spotty for me, but I've <laughs> seen it. Like, it's broken up. She's
1: probably bit. seen it more than I have at this point.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to tell on you and just say that, like, you watched it before you came over here.
1: Yeah. I, shit. Dude. <laughs> I don't know what to say
0: the audience is like do you guys even like movies
1: yeah also do you guys even like doing your podcast I don't even know it's just it's been a lot and I've been getting like worse and worse when we started this I think I had watched (laughs) The Shining twice like a month before and then like the week of just to as a refresher and then for our second movie i think i watched it like a week or two before i had watched all of the conjuring movies like two weeks before we were going to record i was like super on top of it you lost your mojo i lost my mojo and as we keep going i'm just getting like worse and worse i've been watching all of them like the night before stressfully like researching all of this stuff and then today i I just like couldn't make myself do it. So I had to wake up this morning super early to <laughs> to finish <laughs> watching it.
0: So is it really that I'm bored with your movies or is it you're bored with your movies? Am I just
1: picking shit movies? <laughs> no, actually, the Matrix had no problem with that one. I yeah, had already I had already watched cool. it for fun, like three weeks before we it won.
0: To be fair, the last three movies we've done have had like a weird sci-fi element. Yeah,
1: a lot of mine are sci-fi. That's Mm -hmm. very clearly my favorite genre. And I feel like it's just got a lot of like I watched Alien and Prometheus and Alien Covenant and all of that stuff over the last week when i could have been watching the movie i was supposed to watch like,
0: i save it so it's fresh <laughs> right
1: i don't know but i do sci-fi is my favorite genre i feel like there's so much that you can do with it and so many different avenues See? that you can go so down us with
0: opening it. this up from a horror podcast has opened up sci-fi
1: yeah i mean i think that there's a lot of sci-fi horror too like alien and, and life
0: life oh i
1: love that movie i life watched that not, so i watched that not too watching long watching
0: ryan reynolds die sucks though
1: yeah he was like Spoiler all earlier yeah. <laughs> whoops <laughs> yeah he was all over the posters and everything but i think he had scheduling conflicts so he couldn't be in the movie as much as he wanted to i think i read
0: that. oh so they're like we'll just kill him yeah he'll just die first
1: sorry bye
0: in the most brutal way
1: it was rough that one was
0: rough it hurt my brain yeah well we're not talking about that
1: yeah but you should watch that movie <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's kind of a slashery y sci-fi yeah, movie. It's not yeah. really horror, I would say. It's
0: kind of horror. I
1: mean, it falls under the category, but I wouldn't say that it's like one of those horror movies that's going to like keep you up at night.
0: Kind Did of they thing. ever come out with a sequel? Because they set it up for one. No. Oh, bitches.
1: I hated the ending of that movie.
0: Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah. But anyways. Anyways. Let's I, talk about Blade Runner. So I have a synopsis.
1: Okay, I have some information about the movie first. Damn it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to get past me. Because uh, uh, to be fair, I, in my attempt to watch it you know, three times, I did At 3
1: a.m. last night, she didn't feel like looking up the. the Box office thing. Yeah. So
0: David's going to give us that.
1: Yeah, I also have. First of all, it was directed by Ridley Scott, who wrote and directed Alien and started that franchise. He did some other things, too. Like Gladiator, I was actually surprised he did that one, that Russell Crowe movie. Anyways so ridley scott very very big in like the sci-fi genre the opening day was june 25th 1982 which was a huge year for sci-fi movies actually but it came out on the 25th because one of the producers alan ladd jr said that the 25th was his lucky day he was the producer on (laughs) star wars which actually came out on may 25th 1977. And then Alien was also released on May 25th, 1979. So he said that was his lucky day.
0: It didn't work out for him, though.
1: Oh, for this one? Yeah. Right, because of some other major things that I have that down here as well. So the budget for this was $30 million, which by today's standards is like chump change, but back then was a decent amount of money. And in the opening weekend, it actually only made $6.1 million. But the total box office ended up being 41.5 million, which, yeah, really disappointing. But things that came, well, things that came out (laughs) that weekend were The Thing, Mm -hmm. um, actually. And then a movie called The Last American Virgin, which I don't know anything about that and I don't care about it. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, The Thing was a very big hit. And so that caused this movie to not do as well but also some things that happened was um Star Trek 2: Wrath of Khan came out June 4th that year so a couple weeks before and that was obviously a huge movie.
0: Right.
1: Conan the Barbarian came out May 14th and was still in theaters at this point. That was another really big one. That was the original like Arnold Schwarzenegger that's where he got <laughs> his big break. And then E.T. actually came out June 11th. So like the week before basically. And that movie, I actually wrote this down because I flabbergasted. Made seven hundred and ninety-three million in its box office run.
0: That movie terrified me as a child.
1: I had no idea that it was like such a big movie. Like that movie was fucking huge.
0: I thought you were to say that movie was fucking cute. I was supposed to be like. I thought it was. What I thought Drew cute.
1: Barrymore was cute in it.
0: She was, but the little ET wasn't. Yeah,
1: I haven't seen that movie it's probably since I was a kid.
0: My it's just like it's never my to cup of tea. Terrorize me as a kid and be like ate phone home. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah.
1: All, I know all of those things but I haven't seen that movie in a really long time. But Jesus Christ, 800 million dollars in 1982.
0: That's We're insane. In the wrong field, that's for sure.
1: Back then that was like a, a ridiculous amount of money. I mean, it's a ridiculous amount of money now. That's like <laughs>
0: What the hell? That probably beats out, you know, some of the Marvel. With films.
1: inflation and stuff, that that would I think blow them out of the water.
0: But not in today's standards, because people probably wouldn't have liked the...
1: Well, it probably wouldn't have performed as well today. But if you convert what $800 million was back in 1982 to what that would be equivalent to with inflation now, it's probably, well, it's yeah. obviously well over a billion dollars. But that's insane to me. I don't know why I'm having job, such a hard Gilbert. time wrapping my mind around that. Good Anyways, job. we've talked enough about other movies now. Let's talk a little bit about Blade Runner. So you said you have a synopsis?
0: Yeah, a synopsis. Synopsis. Okay. Deckard, played by Harrison Ford, is forced by police boss M. Emmett Walsh to continue his old job as replicant hunter. His assignment: eliminate four escaped repl- <laughs> replicants <laughs> from the colonies who have returned to Earth. Before starting the job, Deckard goes to Tyrell Corporation and he meets Rachel, played by Sean Young. Oh, a replicant I girl thought you were just I thought with. this
1: was just going to be like a quick little synopsis you're going straight through the whole plot.
0: No, that's what it gave me from IMDb. That's it. <laughs> I was like,
1: are we going to go all the way to the end right now and then would no. be thank you for stopping by. This is our podcast on <laughs> No, Runway.
0: it's that's it. It just says he he goes to Tyro. I thought the same thing when I was looking it up. I was like, I don't need the full thing. Like, right. I just need what it's about. But it yeah. says he falls in love with Rachel.
1: Yes my synopsis was just like a really quick one from imdb and it just said a blade runner must pursue and terminate four replicants (laughs) who stole a ship in space and have returned to earth to find their creator
0: that tells you nothing right
1: and you're also reading that if you haven't seen this movie if you're reading that to try to figure out if you'll like it or not you're like what the fuck is a blade runner what's What's a a replicant replicant? (laughs) what the hell i don't know anything so anyways
0: yeah so I think what's interesting about this movie, when it starts off, you know, it starts off with the...
1: Scrolling text, yeah. Which I guess that's a
0: thing in the 80s. Once Star
1: Wars, I think kind of everyone was like, that's really good for world building. We don't have to do much work. (laughs) We don't have to film anything. (laughs) So
0: it tells us, you know, the story of how the replicants came to be.
1: Yeah, the Tyrell Corp created replicants, which are bioengineered humans with artificial intelligence, equivalent to humans, basically. But above average strength and agility.
0: Yep. And they're called the Nexus Six Replicants. And they're right.
1: They were made for slave labor in space. And they also, there was a bloody mutiny that caused replicants to be made illegal on Earth.
0: Heck yeah. And so then they, these special police squads called Blade Runner units, had orders to shoot and kill any trespassing replicant. And, they called it
1: retiring them. Yeah,
0: not execution. Right. So uh, I think it's interesting that this film is set in 2019. Yeah, I
1: have that I have that as well. I, I Oh, man, I literally thought about it this morning and I was like, oh, I want to make a note about when the Jetsons was because that's already passed too. Yeah. I think it was like 2016 or 2001 or something it's like that. It's just funny
0: that in the 1980s, they imagined the world may look like this. And right. Like, we're gonna, oh, yeah,
1: no. I remember when... <laughs> 2020 I think it was no it wasn't 2020 Uh, it was sometime in the 2000s people were like where are my flying cars like that seems fucking terrifying to me I have enough stress on the
0: road (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) 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 so it's set in Los Angeles oh sorry I
1: had another thing about the date I was just trying to find it real quick so this is obviously based on a book Called. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Do androids dream of electric sheep? And in the book, it took place in. It was set in 1992, and so when they they changed it later to take place in 2021, and then the filmmakers wanted to make it 2020, but they didn't like that, how that's like the perfect vision or whatever. Like people have 2020 vision, so they didn't like it, so they changed it to 2019.
0: Could you imagine if they made it 2020? <laughs> Our replicants were COVID.
1: Uh, yeah, I, but I do think it's very interesting that all of these, they're like, we're going to set it in a future we'll never see. <laughs> and, then, and then we're like, nope, still here. We're still, still here, kinda, but that's st- Still looking kind of shitty around here.
0: But it's not like right, it's robots not. have taken over the world and Right, stuff. exactly.
1: Although I did, I sent you that video on from Reddit of <laughs> yeah. the, the robots running. Did you watch the complete, <laughs> like where they completed the obstacle course? It's fucking terrifying.
0: It's pretty scary when you think about artificial yeah. intelligence. Yeah. I mean, you, you've you seen it in all these films. It's for a reason. Yeah. Just like people who believe vampires exist. There are so many films yeah. and books about vampires.
1: Yeah. I sent Rita this video of the like Boston Dynamics <laughs> robots. This one was so fucking funny. But I've watched a lot of their videos, and there was one... I think that Hale and I watched of this robot picking up a box and somebody had like a broomstick and they kept like knocking the box out of his hand and like trying to push him over to to see if he could like pick the box up again or like maintain his balance and stuff. And I was like, motherfucker, these are the videos that the robots are going to reference when they exterminate us.
0: For real. <laughs> like, it look at me... these fucking dicks. And then I realized my text message back to you was like, it reminds me of that one movie. And I never said what movie it was, <laughs> but it's the movie... It's by the same guy who did uh, District 9. Oh, I don't know. It's the other film uh, about the robot, that robot.
1: AI, artificial intelligence?
0: It's not AI. It's It starts with a C.
1: Starts with a C. Ooh. I'm
0: pretty sure it starts with a C. Shoot. That's going to bug me, so I'm going to have to look it up. Why don't you start with the plot? <laughs>
1: okay. So it takes place in... Los Angeles, November 2019. It starts with video, or it starts in an office building where Leon, played by Brian James, is being tested to provoke an emotional response, which we later find out is, oh, man, look at me not writing down the
0: name of the test. (laughs) (laughs) Chappy.
1: Chappy. Oh, I never saw that movie.
0: Oh, well, that's what it made me think of.
1: Oh. The Voigt-Kampf test—that's yes. what it was. He—they're administering the Voigt-Kampf test, which is supposed to distinguish between replicants and humans by provoking an emotional response.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And on the <laughs> second question, when he's asked about his mother and any positive feelings that he had about her, Leon shoots. Which? Why did he have a gun? <laughs> 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 Sorry, I just thought about that. It was very—he shot the tester.
0: It was very. Abrupt. Unexpected. It's abrupt. It's
1: like, yeah. Okay. This is. It's like he's like well, you're walking in a desert. He's like, which desert? Doesn't matter. You're walking. You see a turtle. He's like, a turtle. <laughs> like, like going <laughs> through all this stuff, and then he's irritating like,
0: irritating interview. Ever.
1: Yeah. And then he's like, what about your mother? And he's like, here's my mother. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like, I don't know.
0: And it's...
1: then it yeah. And then it cuts to uh, Rick Decker, played by Harrison Ford. And he's like on the streets of L.A. It's all like dark and grimy and rainy, and
0: which by the time this movie came out, he had already acted as Han Solo mm-hmm. and in Indiana Jones Indiana as Jones.
1: well. Yeah,
0: we talked about it. He basically plays the same character.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like him. It's not like Academy Award-winning acting, but I, I, he's a he's an enjoyable person to watch in movies. Yeah. But I did read that he was we wanted to make sure that he was not going to wear a hat because he had just come off of Indiana <laughs> Jones. And so he got a haircut that made yeah, it so his that haircut he could make
0: him look very militant. Yeah. So he's brought out of retirement.
1: Yeah. He's like taken into custody and brought back to his former supervisor Bryant, who's played by M Emmett Walsh and told that he needs to hunt down four replicants that stole a ship and came back to earth and tried to break into the Tyrell corporation. I also wrote down who the four replicants are. I, I didn't feel like yeah. mentioning that it was actually six replicants that came back, and then two of them got like fried on an electric fence because I was like, why was that even part of it? Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> why matter. Does that? It doesn't matter at all.
0: Yeah, so Roy Batty is a commando. Leon, a manual laborer. That's the one who kills Holden and mm-hmm. the He's the one
1: who's being interrogated.
0: Zora, an assassin, and Pris... A basic pleasure model right
1: and then roy batty is played by oh god i deleted my cast section so I don't have it. he was played by rutger Hauer. zora was played by oh god i don't have it it's
0: joanna fine. you guys can google it right joanna
1: cassidy i think is that
0: right this is the work we're supposed to be doing yeah
1: but i don't i wrote it further on down in the plot but i didn't write it right next to their names joanna cassidy played zora obviously daryl hannah played priss she was pretty she was pretty big at the time and then i said brian james played leon
0: and at the time his boss like also explains about the four-year lifespan that the replicants have
1: right because the only thing that they couldn't engineer into the replicants was emotions but they were worried about them developing their own emotions and so in order to ensure that they didn't basically do what ended up happening here by developing r- resentment and everything towards the people who created them and their position in the world they gave them a four-year lifespan That's
0: like an expiration date basically <laughs> it's not
1: like uh i thought a- We're not glitching. We're just. I thought it was interesting. I don't know for some reason the idea that a lot of these replicants are only like two years old or something is very weird.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're like toddlers. Yeah. Um, and so Deckard has is teamed up with Gaff. Right.
1: Kind of. He's just. I, I didn't even write him down. Really, he was in the cast but he had like such (laughs) a minor role he was basically like the errand boy just there to to collect Deckard and bring him back to Bryant
0: yeah so they go to Tyrell Corporation to ensure that the Voight Conf tests work on the Nexus 6
1: I think he was just going to get more information and basically try to figure out why they were trying to break into the Tyrell Corporation. Yeah. So he goes there, and this is where he meets Rachel. Who is a replicant. Right. It's Tyrell's assistant. And so Tyrell says that he wants to ensure that the test works by seeing it fail first. And so he wants him to perform the test on Rachel.
0: And she's had implanted memories.
1: Right. She's an experiment. We find out that she doesn't know she's a replicant. She believes she's human. And Tyrell has implanted the memories of his niece in her as like an emotional cushion to help her believe that she's human. Right. And so they administer this test and they ask Tyrell asks how many questions it typically takes in order to determine if somebody's a replicant. And he said it's usually 10 to 30 or 20 to 30. But for Rachel, it took over 100. So. Oh, shit. Yeah. So she very clearly thinks that she's human and she.
0: She's like Bicentennial, man. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think he knew he just wanted to be human, right? Is that the
1: one with Robin Williams? Yeah. Oh, I saw that like one time. I don't know it very well. Sorry.
0: All these artificial also... intelligence <laughs> movies where they want to become human.
1: Yeah. Eldon Tyrell was also played by Joe Turkle and Rachel was played by Sean Young.
0: I don't know I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I
1: thought maybe you were going to go on to the next point. <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: So they go to search Leon's apartment. Yes. And they find clues like a stack of old photos and scales belonging to like an animal. Yeah. Of some sort. Mm-hmm. And they force... Hannibal Chu, is that his name? The eye person?
1: Oh, yes. The Leon- eye designer. Leon and Roy go to this like eye manufacturer to try to get more information about themselves. Things that they're looking for are things, uh, I wrote it down, morphology, longevity, and inception dates. Basically, they, they don't really know how old they are and they don't know how long they have to live. And that's what they're trying to find out. And he says that he doesn't know.
0: Yeah. So they also got ask him to direct them to jf sebastian
1: right he wants to they're asking him like okay well who who can i go to to get this information and they're like well tyrell he's the genius who who made your mind and everything he's like well we already tried to get in and we can't get in and he's like okay well then you should go to jf sebastian cuz he,
0: he is close them. with yeah
1: he can get you to tyrell
0: yeah so rachel then visits deckard she on, shows up at his apartment and she wants to prove that she's a human mm-hmm. and
1: so she's like a photograph that she shows him
0: and she's laying it on thick, yeah and kind of <laughs> thick in can see i feel bad for her yeah he's i mean kind of, yeah like, definitely he's kind of like an asshole yeah in this part
1: well he he makes a uh like a really shitty apology later when he's in the bar yeah. and he's like, I've never had somebody leave in that state, especially when I was being so charming, which is obviously supposed to be like I, I was being a dick.
0: That's what I mean. Is like, he's basically Han Solo in this movie. Kinda, um, yeah. But he, she leaves upset because he tells her her memories are artificial. Right.
1: It's his niece. He was, like he basically mentioned some memories that there's no way he would have known about be, things that, She never told anybody. And so the only way that he could have known that was if the memories were fake and implanted. So she's obviously upset and she leaves.
0: She storms out.
1: Yeah. And then we cut to Pris, again, played by Daryl Hannah, who tracks down and eventually manipulates JF Sebastian into like gaining his trust and letting her into his apartment. And JF Sebastian's played by William Sanderson.
0: And then clues from. Leon's apartment lead Deckard to Taffy Lewis's bar where he like questions Lewis essentially like while all that's going on like whole purses
1: right he he like tracks he like looks in a photo like CSI style where he's like <laughs> enhance <laughs> enhance <laughs> and he sees like the face of a woman who has like a snake tattoo on her neck and face L. and then he where find... are their arms and legs. <laughs> <laughs> and then he finds out that the scale is a is a, like a replicant snake that was another thing i thought was really interesting that kind of because of the state of the world it seems like all of the animals are are artificial or yeah. like they're replicants
0: no dogs for you in 2019
1: yeah oh i could get a replicant i could get a perfect one that'll die in four years <laughs> oh <God. laughs> that's you horrible imagine
0: having an animal that died every four years that's no. tragic
1: but then I could just get a new one. I'm just kidding, this is sounding so bad. (laughs) This is making me sound so heartless. Oh God, here comes PETA. (laughs) Well, it's
0: actually artificial intelligence. Yeah,
1: It's fake, don't worry about it.
0: (laughs) Oh God, it's like the modern day Furby (laughs) or Tamagotchi. (laughs) It's your Tamagotchi. Oh my gosh, show of hands, who had a Tamagotchi?
1: I I had multiple.
0: No, I had a Tamagotchi. Makes me
1: think of that scene in Schitt's Creek where he's like, is this about those damn Tamagotchis (laughs) again? He's like, I left you with four perfectly healthy adult Tamagotchis. You practically have to try to kill them.
0: (laughs) So I got a Tamagotchi for Christmas one year, and I was so obsessed with it. And it lasted me one day. Oh, my God. Because on Christmas Day, my sister figured out how to turn the sound off because she got oh. tired of my tamagotchi crying and then she hit it and we never found it. Like when I tell <laughs> to you to this that, day to this day that tamagotchi my parents still live in the house I grew up in <laughs> and so there is a dead tamagotchi somewhere in that house.
1: Being your parents are being haunted by the ghost <laughs> of that tamagotchi. Uh, I couldn't even handle watched,
0: one tamagotchi you, as a baby.
1: If you haven't watched Schitt's Creek it's great. It's Having so good. Having a
0: Shits Creek themed party today. Oh fun. I have a banner. It says ew 30. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Anyways, back to away from beam. the artificial <laughs> intelligence <laughs> animal.
1: But he does Decker does find out that it is like a replicant snake, which has like a serial number on it. So I guess he can figure out who made it. He goes to that guy and that guy tells him where he sold the snake to and he leads him to this strip club basically. Ooh la la! <laughs> and he talks to the owner, basically trying to find out who the woman from the photograph is. And right after that, he gets like a drink or whatever. Yeah. And this is where he calls Rachel and apologizes for being a dick.
0: She hangs up on him though, because he yeah. asks her to like join him.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like, come down to this bar. I was a dick earlier,
0: and she's like, hang up.
1: <laughs> I've expected him to be like, come on down. She's like, it's not my scene. He's like, you're a robot. It doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> I mean, that would have been more entertaining. Yeah.
1: But then this is where we meet Zora, who is an exotic dancer in this strip club. And she dances with a snake. This way, the scale comes from. She kind of you know? looks
0: like Edwards with her hands here.
1: No. That's a di- that's Pris. Oh, that's Pris, right? Yeah. Right. Zora's the one in the like clear jacket with the blue. Oh, boobs. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> no, Pris looks like Edward Scissorhands. Because yeah. I did wake up in my sleepy state at one point. <laughs> it was like, what did it say Edward Scissorhands?
1: <laughs> I also saw that Joanna what's her name? Joanna Cassidy was really comfortable with this snake around her neck because it was actually her snake. Like it was her pet snake. Ew. Yeah. I
0: don't like snakes.
1: So Anyway, anyway, Decker is like interrogating her kind of, but he's pretending to be somebody with like the ethics committee or something like that. And eventually Zora like clocks him and he's like, nope. And she starts beating him up. And right before she, <laughs> what?
0: Because this part, Zach was like, oh shit. <laughs> he's like not expecting it.
1: When she just like starts wailing on him and yeah. choking him with his tie. <laughs> Oh, man, okay So she attacks him but before she can like deliver the final blow people walk in and she runs out which leads to a
0: chase. And then he in the crowded streets. Yeah. And then he tracks her down because he's a like blade runner. A blade runner and he's like a top blade runner and he's he running on blades retires her. Yes. After the shooting, Gaff and Bryant show up and tell Deckard that Rachel also needs to be retired.
1: Right. She's gone missing basically
0: rogue so uh he spots her like kind of further down right
1: like across the street in the
0: crowd or something and he starts pursuing her yeah and then suddenly leon shows up and is like surprise motherfucker
1: (laughs) basically actually
0: and then proceeds to beat the shit out of the shit out of (laughs) them
1: yeah and he constantly while he's beating him up he's asking him questions about like how long how old am I how long do I have to live and like basically all this stuff like it sucks being uncertain about how long and he's like oh you've got four years to live and he's like that's longer than you
0: <laughs> and then the shocking scene comes up Rachel shoots him
1: yeah like right at the last second again he's about
0: not first... Deckard she shoots Leon right <laughs> saving Deckard
1: yeah Leon's about to kill him by, like, I don't know, poking his eyes out or something. And then yeah. he gets shot in the head by Rachel.
0: It's me poking my eyes out.
1: <laughs> yeah, for everyone not watching this, <laughs> Rita just tried to poke her own eye out.
0: It felt bad.
1: Yeah, don't I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then they go back to Deckard's. Rachel and Deckard go back to Deckard's apartment, and he tells her, like, he won't hunt her down.
1: But somebody will if she Mm -hmm. runs away
0: and then they share a romantic moment.
1: Oh, at the piano. Yeah. Yes. And this is where the very, very, very controversial scene happened. Well, that sounded like I was about to talk about a different part of it, the scene than I actually was. So obviously this scene with, with him and Rachel, where he's like basically forcing himself on her. He's like, tell me to kiss you. Tell me you want me to stay or whatever he says. I was like, not the look.
0: <laughs> Don't... You're disgusting.
1: Yeah, not not great. I was like,
0: hit him in the balls.
1: <laughs> that wasn't even the very, very very controversial scene that I was talking about. I was talking about the scene where he walks, Harrison Ford walks behind Rachel, and if you're paying attention closely, his eyes have the glow that the replicants do, and this I didn't has sparked a, a discussion that has lasted since 1982, where people are trying to figure out is Deckard a replicant and that everyone has seems to have Even a different Even Harrison opinion.
0: Ford and the director fought about it.
1: Yeah, Harrison Ford says he is not, and Ridley Scott says he is. The book says he's not. And then there's about seven different official versions of this movie, and each one says something different.
0: I wonder what the Wachowskis would think.
1: Oh, that's a good question. I'm sure they've been asked at some point.
0: That'd be an interesting thing, to query, to see if yeah. they think he is or not but i'm sure they took some inspiration from
1: yeah i think that as far as canon is concerned what's canon i think that harrison ford is not just because that's what's in the book and then blade runner 2049 came out and obviously harrison ford was in it as deckard and he's old so either he was not engineered with that four-year expiration or he's not a replicant
0: I haven't seen it
1: it's good it's so fucking long though holy shit it's so long it's like two hours and 45 minutes yeah (laughs) yeah and if you have to watch it three times it's gonna take all day okay fair (laughs) enough i did i did enjoy it but and it's got it it kind of it it was a good follow-up to this movie because it again expands on it spoiler alert for anyone who is not gonna watch it or (laughs) spoiler alert for people who are going to watch it because obviously people who are not going to watch it don't give a shit about spoilers but essentially the the hunt in that movie what they're looking for is Deckard's child that he had with Rachel
0: is Rachel in it
1: no she's already died in that at that point but Uh, they had a child together
0: in like the four-year time frame or whatever Mm -hmm.
1: so shit yeah and it's interesting. It, he's it,
0: just knocking up people in all these movies he's in. He knocked up Leia with a Sith. <laughs> I thought
1: you were saying cyst.
0: Kylo <laughs> well, Ren was kind of like a cyst yeah, the end. Yeah, on the
1: universe. Yeah. <laughs> like an ovarian cyst. Somebody needs really to drain painful. that motherfucker. <laughs>
0: Oh God. Wow, very
1: different oh interpretation God. of the new Star Wars trilogy.
0: I can tell you guys, we are much more lively than we were the last episode. Yeah. So hopefully this is more entertaining. But anyways, so. Roy arrives at Sebastian's apartment. And with yes. Chris's charms, uh, they convince Sebastian to help Roy meet Tyrell. Yes. And then they get into Tyrell's bedroom. And Roy basically demands that he extend the lifespan like an absolution for his sins
1: right and tyrell basically tells him that's impossible it's and coded into their genetics they 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 keep running through all these different scenarios of how that they how they can get the expiration out of their genetics and tyrell's like we've tried everything basically and it just it doesn't work uh, by the time the cells have replicated twice it's too late
0: and they kill him Yes, they say, I thought it was sayonara. that
1: quote that Tyrell says where he's like the light that burns twice as bright burns half as long and
0: Aww. these replicants
1: are burning very bright obviously they're yeah. super genetically modified and everything
0: but they kill Tyrell and Sebastian
1: yes we don't see Sebastian die but
0: you can it can
1: be assumed yeah that, Tyrell's death was brutal Ooh. like squeezed his head and Gouged his eyes and stuff.
0: It was like in Game of Thrones. Yeah, kind like with of with a mountain.
1: Less explosion at the end, though. Ugh. Yeah.
0: Ugh. uh So then Deckard. Obviously, why do you always
1: want to talk about Game of Thrones? It makes me so upset. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I oh, that that show just is like a pit in my soul now. At this point, if you That's are a...
0: considering watching it, don't waste your time because yeah. the ending's disappointing.
1: The first like five or six seasons are great and then it just just falls I remember apart
0: when the battle happened and we were like that's it at winterfall <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and you're like what's happening <laughs> did like- somebody, somebody turn up the resolution on this thing i can't see it well because you know and he then like when kills our-
0: the dragon at that one scene The but- yeah and you're like holy shit this guy's like gonna fuck him up yeah like, and just, we've literally been talking about him since dragon. season
1: one episode one yeah. about how the white walkers are coming the, the the first scene of the series is the white walkers <laughs> you they built him up for eight seasons and then fucking Arya, without even you oh man we're gonna change this podcast real quick <laughs> we're gonna get uh, uh. okay I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to edit this out. Because
0: then, what were they talking about from the first season, too? About how Jon Snow was a bastard who never had anything afforded to his life. And then he ends up being the true heir. But then he fucking kills her and ruins his chance. And it ends up being the fucking, that stupid... The cripple. <laughs> he...
1: Bran the Broken.
0: And he knew the whole time.
1: Who has a better story? Uh, Probably somebody who was even in season six. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably somebody who didn't cause mass destruction for everybody. Right. That's the reason Hodor is the way he is. Right. Douche. Oh, God. Okay, cut this. And then
1: Arya yeah. being like spending that whole season learning how to have different faces for, so she can kill not even the Night King or anybody important. Literally she killed uh what's his name?
0: Well, he was important because he killed her family.
1: Well, yeah, he was important to her, but he wasn't important to the story. Her killing him had no impact on you the story. That's the only time she ever uses her like man of many faces things. I was expecting what's... one of the white walkers to be Aria. She's going to be like surprise bitch. And then she kills him. That would have no, been really she good. She just like jumps out of the shadows. Like a my brother ruined the
0: red wedding for me. Actually. Oh, He was like, we were watching it and they had already seen all of it. And so I was behind. And so he's like, you know, rob and his mom and is, his wife were so, standing like
1: this on the... this is so game of thrones podcast now <laughs> fuck blade runner no but like
0: <laughs> rob and his mom and his wife were like sit, standing on the dock and my brother goes no one standing there survives and i was like what He's <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah
1: somebody spoiled it for me too but not like they didn't tell me what happened they were just like shake is real
0: no he told me because so i was like i know there's a red fuck wedding him. and i know someone dies and he's like Everybody on that dock. I was like, uh, "What?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back
1: to it. The uh, so podcast. Deckard
0: is obviously sent to Sebastian's apartment after now, murders. Now
1: return to return to your regularly scheduled programming. <laughs>
0: and Pris ambushes him.
1: Yeah, she like pretends to be one of Sebastian's toys, but obviously <laughs> Deckard like knows what she looks like. He's seen her.
0: And she's like, she's kind of like a mixture of Edward Scissorhands and um the witch in suicide squad doing a little dance like the seductive dance
1: oh yeah let's not talk about that either (laughs) have you seen the new one it's really good don't tell me you should watch it i will um but the other thing i had a fun fact about this so they actually planned (laughs) to have a female gymnast double for daryl hannah in this scene but they had rehearsed it so many times that by the time they went to go film it she was too exhausted to do anything so they ended up finding a male gymnast over their lunch break to do it
0: damn talk about getting shit done
1: yeah they were just like all right everybody take 30 let's get lunch and um i'm gonna go find a gymnast
0: (laughs) hell yeah when you're resourceful things happen yeah and uh he kills her I mean, they struggle. Yeah. They have a fight. He right. shoots her. He retires her. It was
1: weird in that scene how she's <laughs> like, she's clearly winning. She like has his head between her legs, and then all of a sudden she's like, "Hold up, I gotta do some flips first. <laughs> she like That's w- runs away. 80s movie <laughs> she so. like runs away so she could do some flips, and he shoots her while she's flipping towards him.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So he shoots her, and then Roy returns.
1: Just in time.
0: Yeah. Trapping Deckard in the apartment and hunting him like throughout the apartments. Yeah. And then they go to, it it forces him up to the roof.
1: Right. Deckard is being chased like all throughout the building. And he
0: attempts to like jump off the roof. Well, we also see at this point, parkour. we,
1: (laughs) We also see at this point that Roy's body is starting to fail. And oh yeah, because he's he's, he's reaching the end of his lifespan, and so Deckard tries to jump across from one roof to another, but he fails, and he's like hanging on to the edge. Roy makes the jump easily because he's like a superhuman, and then just as Deckard slips, Deckard is about to fall. Roy grabs his wrist and and pulls him up. This is where his famous monologue is. Yeah, comes and he from. sits
0: down and he like marvels at his life and... Yeah,
1: talking about all the different things that he's seen, the wonderful things that, wonderful and horrible things that he's seen. And it's
0: raining, and yeah. he's like, All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in the rain. Time
1: to die. And then he dies. And then he dies.
0: He quietly dies. Like...
1: Did you know that um Rutger Hauer Improvise that line. Yeah, the, I read all, that. All those memories will be lost in.
0: That was time. good. That was like that was a, a nice good one. Touch.
1: He ended up naming his biography "All Those Moments," mm-hmm. which I thought was cool. This was his favorite movie that he ever did.
0: I mean, it is a good movie. It's great. Yeah. So, uh Deckard kind of just looks at him like.
1: <laughs> right. He's like, "Cool, that's it? Cool
0: story, bro." Okay. Gaff <laughs> arrives in a spinner uh, and. Like he's leaving any shouts like it's too bad she won't live. But then again, who does? Right. And it's like referring to To, Rachel. Rachel.
1: So Deckard goes home and he finds Rachel in his bed asleep. But he's like, I guess, afraid she's
0: dead. Yeah, he thinks she's dead.
1: But then she's awake and they decide to run away together. So they leave. Deckard finds a
0: Origami. origami
1: unicorn. And we had seen gaff do origami like earlier in the movie and Mm -hmm. so that was a reference to him so it seems like he
0: is letting them yeah he knew that
1: she was there but is letting them go and And then
0: they they go off into the sunset together they run away
1: not to be seen again until the sequel the (laughs) end (laughs) so yeah i have a ton of fun facts about this movie this movie is so like pivotal this is like a seminal sci-fi movie this really paved the way i was just talking to hill about it last night because he is not really a fan of many of ridley scott's movies actually he thinks that they're kind of boring and i think that that has to do a lot with like the marketing yeah a bit where people go into it expecting that it's going to be like a sci-fi action movie and this movie has action but it's really more of like a it's really slow yeah it's a suspense full like mystery it's like a neo-noir movie it's got a lot of like the dark themes and everything
0: yeah it definitely was slow going for me yeah i I wouldn't say it's a bad movie i would just say it wasn't my favorite like i I didn't enjoy it like i probably wouldn't watch it again i've watched it three times (laughs) Uh, in the last eight hours (laughs) i have one fun fact that you didn't share because you shared all the other ones okay this is the one i was telling you about the studio wasn't happy with the original final ending where Rick Deckard is looking at the piece of origami and leaves his building with Rachel. The ending of the U S theatrical cut with Deckard's voiceover about Rachel used leftover helicopter footage from the opening scene of the shining. Mm. Stanley Kubrick was contacted for this and being a fan of Sir, Sir, Ridley Scott's previous movie alien, he happily gifted it on the condition that only shots were used that had not been used in the shining. Since there was a copious amount of footage, something for which Kubrick was notorious, there wasn't a problem. Well, that's cool. So another shining reference.
1: <laughs> there, yeah, there was also a scene in one of the spinners, the flying like cop cars, where on the screen they used footage from or not footage, but they used the same visuals that were on the screens in Alien, which had come out. Uh, was it 77? 79. No, 79. Yeah, it was 3 years before. So, Ridley Scott likes to reuse stuff it's when he can. Sir Ridley Scott. Sir Ridley Scott. He's been knighted. Sorry.
0: <laughs> so, you, go, you know you can go get knighted for free. Not for free, but you know, like for cheap.
1: Uh, I don't want to fly to England. That sounds expensive. Sir
0: Isaac Newton. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I have a I have a bunch of fun facts. Obviously, there are seven different versions of this movie, and the, there are five like really well-known ones. Those are the work print cut, which I don't know what that is, the U.S. theatrical cut, international cut, the director's cut, and then the final cut, which is the one that I watch. That's the one that's on HBO right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Zach actually, when, <laughs> when I was going to put this movie on, he's like, I don't want to watch a movie without vampires. And I was like, it has nothing <laughs> to do with vampires. <laughs> And so he was thinking of Blade. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like... Yeah. So this is kind of Ridley Scott's movies are a lot more slow and
0: they're... like building the
1: story up, right? Exactly. The same with like the original Alien. I think that the the franchise kind of went in a different direction. It became more like action horror, mm-hmm. where the first Alien is. A lot slower has a lot more build up to the I, I think that the alien doesn't actually show itself until like halfway through the movie or something so it's has got I love a, alien it's great i just watched it a couple weeks ago with hale and he again said he thought it was boring but this is something that i was going to mention earlier he mentioned the movie gattaca have you ever seen that one mm-hmm. it's got like ethan hawk and uma thurman it's the one where they met and had a baby anyways in the movie no no in (laughs) real life but that was the movie where they met but it's about it's a sci-fi movie about this the future where they people are genetically engineered or it's like you can be determined whether or not you are allowed to be in a certain job because of your genetics and this guy decides to like cheat the system and stuff it's really good but hale's like I would much rather watch Gattaca than Blade Runner. And I was like, yeah, but the funny thing is that Gattaca probably never would have existed without Blade Runner. Yeah. This movie Except
0: changed the, the landscape
1: mm-hmm. for sci-fi movies.
0: That makes sense. Then it just, uh, while you were like talking about all this stuff, I was like, oh yeah, they asleep. had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> they had a baby. And then I was like, Maya Hawk. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's who that is. Yeah, it from
1: Stranger Things season three.
0: Yeah. Um, and other stuff more (laughs) sci-fi yes actually that would be a cool show to review yeah
1: definitely i've been meaning to rewatch the first season because i haven't watched it since it came out yeah
0: it is the best one she's our friend and she's crazy
1: (laughs) but speaking of maya hawk i just remember being like she looks so familiar and then i like looked it up and i was like oh yeah she looks just like uma thurman and i was like what the hell ethan hawk's her dad weird right it, yeah
0: because ethan hawk looks like a little boy in comparison like uma thurman <laughs> looks like a woman
1: yes very much so ethan
0: hawk looks she's, like he could eat a she's looked pizzas. the
1: same since like mm-hmm. pulp fiction seriously she's like ha- has not aged
0: it's crazy pulp fiction resident evil
1: i've never seen it, pulp fiction
0: really I don't know what
1: kind of movie fanatic yeah. am i
0: the one who likes boring movies, apparently. Apparently,
1: yeah. <laughs> I like sci-fi and boring you movies. kind
0: of shit on Hale in this episode. You're like, he thinks this is boring.
1: Well, we were talking about it last night, and he we, they were talking about like Prometheus and that movie's shit. And I was like, I like, I like that I actually movie. She like Prometheus. <laughs> I like Prometheus. I like Alien Covenant, which a lot of people don't like. Those two Prometheus new ones.
0: fucked me up. Really? Yeah, like the ending. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: But I, I like that movie but i've also made it very clear to basically everyone in my life that i don't have high standards for movies really like i i love really you good movies
0: so. you're kind of bougie no with cho- <laughs>
1: well with maybe with my movie choices for this podcast because i i like basically all movies like it's got to be pretty egregious for me to not like it
0: uh, okay yeah, that's true. But you are more hesitant to watch certain films. Yeah. Like I was explaining to Zach because I don't
1: like... I tend to avoid certain genres. Like I don't want like a political thriller or something like I don't want something too serious. I want movies to be an escape,
0: yeah. So Zach was like, you know, because he obviously watches all the films with me. Mm-hmm. He was like, are, is all of David's list just sci-fi? And I was like, yeah. And then all Pretty mine much. is like 10 <laughs> things I had about you. I'm excited <laughs> to
1: do some of those movies, though. I love those movies, too. It's just
0: funny because mine are more like the 90s, like Clueless and stuff like that. Yeah. Yours are like the like super like serious, like.
1: No, I wouldn't say they're all super serious. Let me see. I have excuse my Excuse me, sir. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. They yeah. Are. Well, not Attack the Block. I have Alien on my list, actually.
0: That's serious.
1: Attack the Block?
0: No, Alien. Oh,
1: yes. Yeah. Attack the Block. I love that movie, but it is again sci-fi. It's about <laughs> yeah. an alien invasion. I think all of them are sci-fi. Well, now we know. Unbreakable is not a sci-fi.
0: Unbreakable serious, though. It's serious.
1: <laughs> Super serial.
0: Super first serial. <laughs> Hit me with another fun fact. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> uh, I already mentioned that it was based on a book by Philip K. Dix called... Uh, his name's Philip K. Dix based on Philip K. Dick's novel "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?"
0: <laughs> okay. And... When you first said that title, I was like, "Like the phone?" Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I—that was one thing that I didn't understand in the movie, and I—I I say that like a, like this is the first time I'm seeing it, and I just don't understand. Are they like test tube babies or are they androids?
0: I think they're androids,
1: but they have blood.
0: But how would they? And they
1: talk about him like genetically they... modifying them to have an expiration date. I think they're like born as adults.
0: Maybe they're both.
1: But the intelligence and everything is artificial, so that always made me think that they were robots. But then a lot of the stuff in the movie kind of implies that they're like they're real, they're synthetic humans.
0: Hmm. Maybe they have like a blood box. <laughs> well, I'm just like thinking You mean of when, their heart <laughs> <laughs>
1: they are a big blood box their whole body <laughs> but when Zora gets shot she bleeds and when Pris gets shot she bleeds
0: yeah but like look to all the alien films what they bleed when they get shot those are
1: aliens not robots what are you talking
0: about <laughs> maybe they're aliens.
1: They're not aliens. We made them. We made them. I didn't make them.
0: We can make aliens.
1: So I mentioned again the years-long debate about whether Deckard is a replicant or not. Harrison Ford believes that he's not. What do you think? I think he's not.
0: I don't know enough. I mean, the information he's given me about the movie.
1: yeah. I, in the original book, I actually put this down. In the original book, he passes a void comp test, which proves that he's human. Mm-hmm. So in the book, he's definitely human. Ridley Scott, I think, wanted him to be a replicant, so he put that scene in there with Rachel. But then by the end of the movie, he, he leaves it deliberately vague. And then again, like I was saying in the sequel, Blade Runner 2049, he's old. So either he's a replicant who is not engineered to die after four years or he's human okay so those are the kind of the clues that make me think but apparently this was like a thing that caused a big riff between <laughs> ridley scott and harrison ford they were they argued about it and harrison ford refused to talk about this movie for many years oh what a baby yeah anyways you're getting paid bro. he's he's Reconciled with it now. I think he he and Ridley Scott still don't get along very well. But they
0: should just like I think save or fight it out.
1: They had they had problems on set. I think anyways, and it wasn't just the this dispute. It was some other things too that made him like not want to be a part of it. He didn't like the voiceover at the end in this theatrical cut. He thought it was written by quote unquote clowns. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, he, he was not, a diva. He did not like it. Yeah, and then. Yeah, you mentioned this. The when Pris runs away from Sebastian and she slips and like breaks the glass on the car.
0: That was real. That she was, broke yeah, her elbow. That
1: was not scripted. She that was not breakaway glass either. She literally, <laughs> is, put she her, literally put her, broke the glass. Yeah. And then she still has scars. To yeah, this she day. like
0: shattered her elbow in like eight places or something like that. Yeah. Into like eight fragments. Or She
1: like chipped her elbow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't Ouch.
1: sound like fun. Mm-mm. And then I mentioned again that the snake that Joanne Cassidy uses in the movie is hers. The, pe- the snake's name is Darling.
0: You're nasty.
1: Uh, again, Rutger Hauer impro- improvised the lines. I need to stop like reading the ones that I already mentioned because <laughs> what the hell?
0: David's trying to make this episode as long as possible.
1: Yeah. Welcome to part two. <laughs> Deckard. Oh, I thought this was interesting. Deckard doesn't say a single word to Roy in their entire final conflict.
0: Oh shit. Oh yeah, and then he just watches him die. Yeah, like, he doesn't he doesn't, say, he doesn't like,
1: say a thing to him. Damn. Roy's just like howling and running through in his <laughs> underwear. Why did he take why did he take all his clothes off? I don't I know. know. Roy
0: was kind of like Negan in The Walking Dead oh, like I never monologues.
1: saw to get to, I never saw far enough to get to Negan in The Walking Dead. Um, There are also a few Christian allegories in this movie that I thought were really interesting. Yeah. The replicants are essentially angels, if you think about it. Like, they came down from heaven or off-world. They're fallen angels, essentially. First of all, they were created beings meant to serve, similar to angels. They fall from heaven, which would be off-world. Zora uses a serpent in her act, which even in the movie is said to have once corrupted man. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously Adam and Eve. And then when Zora's shot, she's shot in both shoulder blades, which when she's lying on the ground, gives her the image of an angel who's lost their wings. Aww. Roy, uh, in the end, when his body's starting to fail, puts a nail through his hand, which is similar to the
0: crucifixion, crucifixion
1: or the stigmata even and then when roy dies he releases a dove which is i guess symbolic of his soul leaving his body
0: dang that felt random yeah the dove I was, thing I he was like, like pulls it he, he pulls
1: him up and then he just like has it in his hand and yes. like where'd you get that
0: i was <laughs> like where did he get the bird from
1: yes As mentioned earlier, real animals in this movie are, in this movie, in this time are supposed to be very rare and expensive. Zora actually makes a comment when Deckard asks her, Oh, is this a real snake? And she's like, If I could afford a real snake, you'd think I'd be in a place like this. So clearly, with the setting (laughs) and everything being dark and rainy. He just had the
0: dove in his pocket the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't have pockets.
1: He was wearing his underwear. It was in his underwear, (laughs) feeding it snacks.
0: eating at blood box <laughs>
1: this was another movie that was selected for preservation in the national film registry oh, along cool. with the matrix it was named the second most visually influential film of all time
0: i wonder if they got inspiration from this film for the matrix
1: oh i'm sure yeah. i'm sure i was reading a whole there's a whole section on wikipedia about like the references and movies and video games and tv shows it's pretty crazy i wrote down some of them i also took a picture of the list because i thought it was really interesting how many of them were sci-fi so for the
0: why is that interesting this is a sci-fi film
1: this is a sci-fi podcast actually if you've been paying any attention
0: it is not david cut me off because we were getting close to like the time and he was like doing the thing across his neck and i was like why are you telling me to be quiet and he's like stop talking this is my podcast now
1: yeah stop talking this is a this is a sci-fi podcast and this is my podcast (laughs) (laughs) so like i was saying this was named the second most visually influential film of all time it was right behind star wars and right ahead of 20 21 (laughs) 21 pilots 2001 a space odyssey and the matrix which were tied for third if you're interested in seeing any more of those movies i will put a link to it Uh, i'll post a picture on our instagram and i'll put a link to the actual list if you are interested because it was like 50 movies i think it ended up being more than 50 because there were a bunch of ties on there which i think is cheating (laughs) (laughs) Also, the dialogue and the music in this movie has been sampled in more music than any other film of the 20th oh, century. No way. What?
0: I said, oh, no way.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you think I said? I, by the way. <laughs> oh. So I thought you had something to say. Oh,
0: you were actually going to let me talk on your podcast.
1: Oh, my God. This is over. I'm sorry. This is our last podcast. We're done. <laughs> we're breaking up. <laughs>
0: No, the just band, kidding. The, breaking up the band like yoko <laughs>
1: <laughs> you'll get that reference if you listen to our last episode the i also so this movie has obviously influenced movies and tv shows and video games even and one of the reasons that it, i read that it was very influential for video games is that the atmosphere the overall like darkness and neon lights and then the opaque colors and everything is easier to render in a video game which makes it like a very popular point of reference for video game designers because it's much easier than designing like super detailed backgrounds right so I thought that was interesting I'm like like not on yeah Tron's on the the list of influential movies Oh, actually visually it
0: made me the the color scheme made me think of Tron
1: Tron's brighter, I think. Oh, well, it is kind of dark. It's just a lot of, like, neon and dark. I was
0: like, wow, these colors could be, like, a album for one of these Neo 80 bands, like The Strike. Yeah. yeah. So like,
1: the Midnight.
0: Yeah. Nightly.
1: Yeah. I love them all. Yeah. So, but I thought it was really interesting that not only is it, like, a very recognizable visual style, but because of the simplicity of it, it also... It makes people want to use it in video games because they're like, shit, it's easier. Right. <laughs> it's interesting. Then it also inspired the Tesla Cybertruck, which looks oh. fucking stupid. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Hold on. You should look it up. But Elon Musk actually said that it would, quote unquote, look like something out of Blade Runner and then often referred to it as the Blade Runner truck. And then he even... Coen- Is that a truck? It
0: doesn't yeah. look like a truck. <laughs> yeah,
1: it looks like uh, origami. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. But he even uh, chose to debut the truck to coincide with the film setting, which was November 1984. Or 1984, shit. November 2019.
0: <laughs> oh, Boy. God, you can design your own cyber truck now.
1: Cool. I won't be doing that because it's ugly and I don't they're, want one. They're $39,000.
0: Almost forty thousand, not including destination charges. It's not
1: bad for a, a car. A lot of cars. Hold I on. think the the, the Model X is actually The Dual all wheel drive
0: version starts at forty nine thousand, and the top of the line starts at sixty nine
1: thousand. Hey. <laughs> so, a. So,
0: sorry. Someone just keep... question: Literally, as is the Tesla Cybertruck unbreakable? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. It is unbreakable. And then it
0: says, it doesn't even answer the question. It says the windows of Tesla's Cybertruck are not unbreakable.
1: (laughs) The rest of it, though. The rest of it is unbreakable. Oh, God. I don't know if that's true. Probably not. So I saw that the the creators of Battlestar Galactica cited Blade Runner as a major influence for that show, which is obviously, again, very influential sci-fi. Ghost in the Shell takes major influences from it. Hale, do you
0: like Ghost in the Shell?
1: Yeah, he does. I don't know about the new one with ScarJo, but the the original
0: for sure. I was about to be very distressed.
1: Which I think I have that on my list somewhere. Shocker.
0: (laughs) He probably won't even listen to this episode because he thinks the movie's boring.
1: (laughs) Maybe. Probably because he hasn't listened to any of them after the first one. Sorry, bro. If you get to this point, fuck you, (laughs) Hale. (laughs) <laughs> that's a little Fuck Easter egg for that guy. <laughs> so obviously Ghost in the Shell takes major influences from both both the aesthetic, the cyberpunk aesthetic and mm-hmm. the story talking about like oh, artificial yeah, yeah. intelligence exactly. and everything.
0: There's that new movie that came out in the past couple of years with the girl and it's like named after her. What? It's not like she's like an artificial intelligence. Oh, Ex Machina. Not Ex Machina. Oh. There's another one that starts with an A chappy it starts with a c (laughs) it starts with the a (laughs) i don't want to say it's alina but it's kind of like that oh my gosh i
1: didn't know this was gonna be charades (laughs) this episode (laughs) i'm not prepared what is it called a (laughs) i don't know i'm not gonna look it up because i'm not just gonna look up sci-fi movie that starts with an a i'm sure there's a billion of them of
0: course i put it in and it's like ex machina (laughs) (laughs) but that's not the one
1: So, because of this movie's, like, very distinct style and everything, and obviously groundbreaking story and premise and everything, it's often taught in film school.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. It's it's kind of a big deal. Well,
0: it is a cult classic.
1: (laughs) Yes. That's what I put for my final thoughts. Finally, a cult classic movie.
0: Yeah. I mean, I i'm not gonna rate it high i'm sorry but that's okay that's my own entertainment value but just
1: wait till we get one of your movies again i'll shit all over it
0: i did not (laughs) shit on this movie the entire time no
1: how could you you slept through it
0: (laughs) (laughs) i slept on it literally
1: oh sorry i do have one more fun fact before we wrap it all up this is the very last one i'm sorry It helped create the biopunk genre.
0: What's biopunk?
1: Biopunk is like a subcategory of cyberpunk, but focusing more on biotechnology and biological engineering. So it's like
0: in between steampunk and cyberpunk?
1: I think steampunk and cyberpunk are close to the same thing, except cyberpunk is more advanced and steampunk is more like Gears, yeah, gears, and <laughs> I don't know. I just That's like cool, smoke though. and oil.
0: This film has influenced a lot. It sounds like,
1: yeah, it's kind of kind of a big deal. Like I'm I said. glad I
0: watched it. Now I can say it's like I've watched it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't have to love it, but I think that it hail. I think this movie deserves a little respect.
0: R e s p e c t. Yeah, I bet you, my dad would like it though. Like if I, because yeah. my dad really likes these types of actiony films like he loves the fifth element
1: <laughs> yeah that i think the fifth element was on that list too.
0: <laughs> yeah and yeah. it reminded me of that a little bit yeah
1: you know De- definitely yeah
0: so i think he, i'd have to maybe put it on one more time
1: this one's TV a little watches. less like action adventurey than a lot of the modern sci-fi movies it almost feels like people's attention spans these days like it needs to be bigger and flashier and louder
0: i know I mean, you even told me you got distracted a bunch of times.
1: I did. I don't know what was going on with me last night. I could not pay attention to this movie. And I've seen it a million times and I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. That's
0: probably why. Because whenever it's one of my movies, I don't really pay attention.
1: Yeah, I think it's just you have to understand what you're going into when you're watching Mm -hmm. it. You can't expect it to be the fifth element or the matrix or something. I think that the Or even
0: Alien. I mean, I feel like Alien has a lot more action than this movie did.
1: Yeah, but not till like. The last half.
0: But it's big.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's... It feels like this movie was
0: building it up to something. Hale
1: also said that he thought that Alien was boring because it has a lot of, like, slow parts. There's a lot of buildup. And then maybe not as much payoff as people are expecting based on what the series kind of evolved into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think just setting your expectations to know that this is not, like, some big... Blow them up action movie all the way through. It's yeah, I love this movie. I gave it an eight or nine out of ten. I give it a six. That's fine. I think everyone's (laughs) entitled to.
0: I love that you're like that's fine. We're gonna fight after this.
1: No, we're not. I think that it's completely reasonable for you to not think that this is one of your favorite movies. I'm not expecting it's.
0: That's the whole point of these films is that we're gonna rate them honestly because ultimately these are our personal opinions. So. It doesn't mean that, A, you should shit on us if we don't agree with what you would think of a movie. And, B, you shouldn't shit on us if we, you know.
1: Just don't shit on us, please. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. very sensitive. We
0: are. We'll cry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I give it like a six. Yeah. I would irritating. say
1: it fluctu- my rating of this movie fluctuates on like my mindset going into it. Like last night, clearly it was like a five or six because <laughs> I could not. Keep.
0: And this morning it went up to an eight.
1: I think overall, just mm-hmm. like my appreciation of this movie, and I do enjoy it. I'd give it an eight or nine out of ten. It's like well, an eleven did you out first of ten. See this movie, how old? Were oh, you? I was young.
0: Yeah, so I think that that also yeah lends itself lends to itself, right? right. I like, like. I feel like I grew up with this movie because exactly.
1: my this is one of my dad's favorite movies.
0: Right. Like I feel like if you know, just thinking back to, like, The Princess Bride. Like, if I were to watch right. The Princess Bride as an adult, I probably wouldn't get the obsession with it. Or we even right. talked about E.T. There,
1: Yeah, I guess there could be some nostalgia coming in with this because, like I said, I grew up with this movie and, like, just researching how much it's influenced every other thing, not every other thing, how many other things it's influenced, mm-hmm. rather, that I think if we're rating it on influence it's like a fucking 20 out of 10 right this movie is huge in in that sense and i think that we can really I, th- I think that this movie deserves respect because a lot of the movies that we have nowadays probably wouldn't exist without
0: this exactly so that's that's all
1: yeah that's blade runner so if <laughs> you are interested my
0: pig. <laughs> what is that the pig what <laughs> the pig <laughs> <laughs> Every
1: time something like this happens now, all I can think is like, am I going to be able to edit this out? Because it makes no sense.
0: <laughs> the the pig that says that's all, folks. At oh. <laughs> What's his name? Porky. Porky. Yeah. Porky Pig.
1: I thought you were talking about like Peppa Pig.
0: <laughs> Either way, I was going to say that's all, folks. But <laughs> like, d- 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 yeah, That's I, all, folks. I had, I had actually... I don't know, stumbled over my words before we started recording and (laughs) David started calling me Porky Pig.
1: (laughs) That's not a hate thing. That's not rude, okay, guys? It's a joke.
0: Yeah, seriously. We're going to spin the wheel now, right? Yes.
1: The Edge of Seventeen.
0: Yay! We're
1: back to Rita's movie. I'm so excited. Maybe you won't fall asleep during this one. <laughs> not counting on it though. No, because no. I've seen it like a thousand times. So right. and be like it's con- a comfort film. Right. And like we said, you're going back to school. So chances of you being less tired coming up are not like Yeah, I'm
0: probably gonna be in a permanently exhausted state. Yeah,
1: well. But a nice coming what, of age film. It's like you said, when you were like, How do you do these ten hour days? I'm exhausted. And I was like, Joke's on you. I'm always exhausted. I've been exhausted <laughs> since nursing school
0: it's like in legally blonde the musical where she's like he talks about how he's he's had two jobs plus law school and she goes two jobs plus law school have you how do you do it and he's like i haven't slept since like 1996 (laughs) or something uh but anyways we'll 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 see in two weeks for the edge of 17 guys
1: yeah thanks for stopping by. bye
0: bye I can't